We want to thank this podcast sponsor, Informa. Uh, you can continue your sourcing and learning for industry products and trends in the surface industry by attending the International Surface Event, Surfaces, Stone Expo, and Tile Expo, the largest North American surface event that's happening January 24th through 26th in 2024 in Las Vegas. You can save 20% on exhibits and seminars when you register through a Tice Career Storybook at www.intlsurfaceevent.com. That's International Service Event that's shortened. Once again, www.intlsurfaceevent.com. Jennifer Farrell great to see you again. It's wonderful to see you. I know. And I know you're in a nicer part of the country where it's much warmer. I'm not used to warm weather this late <laughs> and it's very nice to be here. So We are in New Orleans right yes. now and yes it's about 85 degrees outside. So, so much better than home. <laughs> it's a warm one here. Yes absolutely. So I'm excited to talk to you again. Um, you know we talked I think last at Coverings was the last time that's probably true yeah. and now we are at Total Solutions Plus. I know much later in the year. Um, but yeah, I wanted to talk to you about so many things. Um, and if anybody doesn't know who Jennifer Farrell is, listen to the old podcast. We've, we've, <laughs> you've been on so many times now that people should learn. So that's all I'll say about that. I'm officially Jason's co-host. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But one of the things I want to talk to you about is because we always talk about trends, right? We always talk about trends. And I thought it'd be fun to kind of reflect on you know, trends um, from a few years back and, you know, kind of talk about how well you did. Because I know that you hit everything 100%, you, you know, never got anything wrong or anything like that because you're perfect. So. I get a few <laughs> things wrong here and there, Jason, there but you thank go. you for the uh, the huge compliments. Yes. Um, yeah. So let's talk a bit about it. it. Just in your personal experience and reflection, kind of talk about the trends that you predicted that would happen and that have happened, because I think that's important to, to count wins, but also some that you were like, oh, maybe I was a little off there. Well, and this is something that I actually talked about mm -hmm. at Tice in 2023 was sort of where I was predicting the trends in terms of design and surfaces in particular, what I thought those were going to look like. And then we sort of had to shift because we were looking at them through the lens of a pandemic mm -hmm. and how we came out on the other side. And some of the trends that I had talked about were changes in stone becoming very predominant in multiple areas that we weren't used to them. Mm -hmm. And that has sort of exploded way beyond where I thought it was going to go because now we're seeing kitchen islands that are completely wrapped in these beautiful exotic stones. We're seeing cabinet fronts that are faced in stone. Mm -hmm. You know, we're seeing floor to ceiling. And so that was something that I, I saw a big movement coming with very interesting and exotic stones. And now we're, we're really expanding on that. And so stonework is making such a statement. Mm -hmm. And the, the through line with that and some of the other trends that I was predicting, like a return to some classic elements, mm -hmm. we're going to see that sort of spun in this, like a neo, I'm calling it nouveau neoclassicism, which is a bit of a complicated <laughs> statement, but taking uh, very traditionalist elements, very old patterns like parquet, and chevron and herringbone, or detail work in molding, things that really remind us of some of which is ancient design, mm -hmm. and seeing those spun in a very tra uh, new, a new traditionalist way to create something contemporary. That 
once we looked through the lens of the pandemic and how we kind of came out on the other side, that whole movement became much more intense than I thought it was going mm. to because people were craving this connection to their heritage. Mm. We all got very isolated for a while. And so we were just dying to have some kind of connection to our people and our past and our memories. And so the the real movement in the forefront of design right now takes a lot of elements from the 18th century mm. and some from 2000 years ago. And, you know, Zalige is a great example. Zalige has really become the couture tile of choice in the last few years for designers. Well, Zalige has been hand cut in Morocco for <laughs> a bazillion years. Uh. That is an, an ancient technique. And so we're really gravitating towards things that have intense heritage and putting a modern spin on it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting when you talk about, you know, tile or stone being used in more places. Is this coming from the homeowners seeing things online and saying like, hey, I saw this online, like, can you make this happen, Jennifer? Or is it you looking at, you know, overseas, like in Europe, because they say a lot of trends, you know, come from Europe. Or is it manufacturers going, hey, you know, our tile can be used this way. It'd be cool if somebody did this. What, where do you think is, this is kind of coming from? Well... That is that's sort of the, the important question is where where does the movement start? Mm -hmm. And I have this fun position that I can be a self-fulfilling prophecy sometimes <laughs> because I can tell you what the trends are and then I can create the product that is the trend mm -hmm. and then I'm right yeah. <laughs> because I made it myself. Most of the time, design trends do originate in Europe. That's mm -hmm. sort of the impetus. Um, it could be because there's just such an a huge wealth of long history and the designs that we base a lot of our surface materials in particular on, those are thousands of years old. Mm. And so there are you know, mosaics that were created in 2000 BC that we still reference as we're creating mosaics mm. now. So I think that movement is always going to be true, that we're always mm. going to get a lot of spin out of Europe we're going to see things now in faster time though, thank you Instagram, yeah, right. <laughs> because it used to take a long time for things to happen in our Italian markets and our French markets. Mm -hmm. And then that gets translated into designs from designers in those markets that then get photographed and put into a magazine that may or may not make its way over to the States or somebody then saw it and tore it out of a page in a magazine mm -hmm. when they were at a great hotel in Paris, then they brought it back and showed it. You know, So it used to be a much longer spin on mm -hmm. how those, those trends got moved from their origin point. Now it's almost instantaneous. Yeah. And you know, there are designers and architectural firms that I follow. Um, one, I'll, I'll plug them right now, because I've said before, I, I steal a lot of their photos and show people <laughs> for examples. Um, it's Yodazine Architects. Okay. And they are, they're global, but they, when I look at what they're doing, it would have taken years for their very post-modernist, minimalist, um, botanic embracing, ergonomic and organic architectural style. I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it, but it would have taken years for that to really filter over here. And now they are over here already. Yeah. They're, they're in the, their trends are in the States. Their work is in the States. Things just go really fast because of our social media movement. Now, anyone can see those photos anytime, and you can see things that aren't photos. You can see <laughs> digital creations. So the design can happen almost instantaneously instead of taking years to implement something for a photograph. We can actually do it a digital rendering 
and you can see it right away. So things are moving fast now. Yeah, it's really fascinating when you bring it up because it's interesting, like the concept of of how long it would take to get a trend, you know, over here and to happen. And now it's, you know, I saw on Instagram in Italy, I want this thing right now. Does that cause trends to come in and out faster? Basically? Definitely. And okay. that is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that is actually a problem because manufacturing can't go as fast as the speed of the internet. Yeah. And, you know, we're still in an era where in order to get a tile on your floor, it has to physically be made. We can't push the button in the Star Trek machine and yeah. suddenly it just pops out. So it's challenging for manufacturers and as a designer of product, it's challenging for me as well to understand the difference between trends and trendy. Mm. They're not the same thing. And with surfaces, those movements do go a little bit slower because you're going to put it in and it's not like a chair. You're not yeah. going to put that tile on the floor and take it out next <laughs> week if you don't like it. So the trends on surfaces do last a little bit longer, but the trend evolution in general in design is going very fast and it's really hard for manufacturers to keep up with that. So how do you, just roughly speaking, kind of look through what's trendy versus what you believe is going to be trending? Like, is there certain key things you look at or, or is it just kind of gut instinct because you've been doing this and you just, you're good at what you do? Well, hopefully there's some gut instinct involved mm -hmm. and I think in the design world, that has to eventually be somewhere. You can't learn everything in school. You've yeah. got to have your your driven instincts and they've got to be right somewhere. Mm. The, the biggest thing is that I feel like when I'm creating products, when I'm talking with other product creators and designers and manufacturers, you if you're going to be successful long-term and not be a flash in the pan, then whatever you're creating has to have an element of timelessness. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out what that means for yourself and what that means for your audience. But there has to be some part of it that connects with a long through line. So it's mm -hmm. not, you know, and I'm, I'm gonna use the color blush as a reference and I'll mm -hmm. tell you why, because I do have some blush colored tile coming out in my new collection in 2024. Mm -hmm. um, blush has had different iterations about every 20 years. Okay. It changes to mauve, it changes to peach, it changes to hot pink. We get these you know, these sort of pinky colors coming in. And we had Barbie pink coming in and out. <laughs> so we've had these different dusty rose movements and they change and they come in and out of style, in and out of style. If you hit it on the head really hard and create such a distinct version of whatever product you're creating in that hot color, mm -hmm. just know that that may not stand the test of time. Mm -hmm. If you can figure out a way to translate it in a timeless sense so that you can see something about it that can remind you of something 50 years ago, mm -hmm. can remind you of something 200 years ago, can remind you of something you saw when you were a kid, yeah. and then still look fresh and new in some way. I think that's the tightrope that we all walk when we're trying to stay ahead of the curve mm -hmm. The, I think the only way to stay ahead of it is understand that the curve is a wheel and it goes around and around and around. And so you've got to have some kind of connective tissue when you're creating a design. It's got to connect to many eras and references of design along the way, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, it, it's, it's kind of cool, too, because when you talk about blush, for example, um, but I, I think of naturally... Uh, 
you know, a lot of trends come back in style, right? So they're mm -hmm. kind of like, are circular. But then you have something huge like the Barbie movie, right? That's sure. cultural. And it's just when those two things can intersect. And, you know, if you have an old trend and a new thing that comes together and just, you know, you can really, like you said, you kind of hit the nail on the head on that. I think that's interesting stuff. Although Barbie will never go out of style. That's true. But it, it made a big comeback, I feel like. Yes, <laughs> she did. Massive. It was massive. Um, so let's... Before we're going to get into your your new products and all that fun stuff, um, let's do because I'm not going to talk to you again until 2024, which is weird because it just does not feel like 2024. That'll be, be here in a hot minute, Jason. Uh, it's so crazy. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what trends you see moving forward for next year. Just kind of some rough guesses. What do you think is going to be happening in 2024? I think texture is the number one word that doesn't sound all that sexy and exciting, but I think it's driving so much of what all designers are doing now. Texture in a dimensional, tactile sense, mm -hmm. it's just becoming more and more important. And especially as we look at wellness as a part of design and the psychology of design. My friend Kelly Ellis talks a lot about the psychology of design and um, you know, we hear a lot about biophilia, mm. which is bringing plants and organics in an, an integral way, not just having a plant in the corner. Right. And all of those elements really relate back to texture. They relate back to something that has a dimension to it that you can touch and experience. Mm -hmm. And I feel that, especially in contemporary design, many, many iterations of contemporary design really had no tactile element. Mm -hmm. You know, that was really where contemporary design got such a bad rap because everything was really cold and hard and slick and didn't really feel like home. You weren't mm -hmm. embraced. And now, really, the, the most contemporary of designers are looking for ways to embrace and envelop and comfort in spaces. So I think what we're going to continue to see in 2024 is the translation of texture and tactile experience in everything, and particularly in surfaces. Things that you can really touch and feel and don't, we don't want things that feel like plastic. Even mm -hmm. if they're made out of synthetic materials, we want things that we have some kind of connective feel to, like physical feel. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when you too you bring up the psychology of things. We talked to other designers about this, and there is so much to it with psychology and, and how it, it impacts and changes what people want, right? And what what they want in their their kitchen or their bathroom. It's fascinating. Because if we're designing for a home, you know that's not theoretical. That's yeah. people live there, mm -hmm. and they will live there. Many of them for a big time of their lives. So. Mm -hmm. A home, it, home design is very different than commercial and contract design, but my clients, they're residential, so that's yeah. my focus. And even though my products are on the commercial and contract side as well, my clientele for my design firm, I'm in somebody's house. Mm -hmm. Like, I know how they fold their sheets. <laughs> so those are very personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And when you're designing a product, and this is something that I, I do try to talk to manufacturers about, mm -hmm. there has to be some connectiveness to that product that does inspire some kind of good feeling in, in the psychology of your audience. Mm -hmm. And so whatever you're designing, whether it's a home or a tile or a toothbrush, there has to be some understanding of the psychology and of the client that you're appealing to and how this product can positively affect them because we don't want it to negatively affect them. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. So let's talk about your collection, right? With what you're coming out. What what can you tease? What kind of what can you tell us about it? Well, I can tell you that <laughs> with Louisville Tile, I have partnered, as you know, and mm -hmm. We have created some stunning collections together, my livable luxury collections, mm -hmm. and we will be debuting our spring 2024 collection at the International Surface Events, which is January 24 through 26, 2024. <laughs> Not that I don't already have that tattooed right? on my yeah. forehead. Um, so we'll be there showcasing the spring collection. Um, we also want to celebrate the fact that one of my very first tiles with Louisville, which is called Barrel Parquet, is a finalist for top flooring products. Nice. So I'm very excited about that. Uh -huh. And if you haven't already seen it, it is a 36 inch by 36 inch wood look parquet in three different colorways. And sorry, wood friends, you <laughs> cannot tell it's not wood. It's absolutely stunning. It's mm -hmm. rated for indoor and outdoor use. Okay. So, and commercial as well as residential. Mm -hmm. And so those are the kinds of products that I'm, again, I get to sort of be my, my own uh, fortune teller on some of these things. But this is something I've been talking about for a while, which mm -hmm. is we're going to be looking for products that have a sense of heritage. Mm -hmm. This is a great big wood look parquet. You know when they started making wood parquet floors? About a thousand years ago. <laughs> and the pattern itself and the colors really have the sense of heritage to them. Mm. Now, this is a brand new tile, and it's sort of revolutionary that now you could, outdoors at a restaurant, you could have this beautiful wood look parquet on your floors. That's not something that 50 years ago you could have done. Mm -hmm. So in a way, that's a revolutionary forward thinking product. And yet it's still based on the heritage that is deeply ingrained in all of us. So there'll be a sense of familiarity from a tile that's brand new. Mm -hmm. So again, I, I get to tell my, my own version of the, the future, but I'm also looking at what I think people are desiring right now, and I'm trying to translate that with my collections. So we're gonna have a big launch, we'll be at Tice, we'll be sharing the spring 2024 collection, and I'm also excited that the International Surface Event, which has been such a beautiful partner to me over the years, we are getting ready to reveal our new Surfaces show home concept, which will also be unveiled at the International Surface Event. So as you know, we just wrapped up Calibu Vineyard, mm -hmm. which was our two-year ongoing multimedia, multi-platform experience. It was a show house, but oh, so much more. And mm -hmm. we had 22 incredible project partners, amazing brands showcasing the finest of luxury materials from lighting to flooring and everywhere in between. Mm -hmm. And we've had such success and it has been such an amazing experience. We are ready to share the new one. So I can't tell you yet, That's not fun. even to your fabulous <laughs> audience, but you will hopefully all get to be at the International Service events and join us for the unveiling and celebration. Yes. Absolutely. We'll be excited to be there and we'll be sure to cover all of it and, and check it out. So, But Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure.